feel like like it used to be my family like my family's expectations that's what used to be making me feel disappointed in myself and whatnot and now they've kind of laid back on that but like it's I still feel their their expectations you know and even though they've like I mean, like, you know, if, if I mess up, they'd be telling me you're responsible, you know, you're, you're responsible, you know? So now it's just, now it's just myself, right? Bringing myself down. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So how do you feel about that? Mm. How do you feel about bringing yourself down? I feel like sometimes i use it to my advantage as motivation but that's like so rare and other times i just it just i mean it makes me feel sad you know i'd be um i feel like i know i could have i, I could have uh, made different choices and i could have done better What? Hmm. I heard this poem. Uh, let, let me see. I, I was I was cleaning up, cleaning off some of my desk today because I have a goal to clear my desk today. But I found a I found a question actually that um, I want to read to you because it's actually really connected to this. Uh, and I'm I, I, this is a notebook of a bunch of like notes and questions and things I wrote all over the place. And one of them, uh, it was pretty powerful, and it's around this. Uh, I don't remember. I don't even know if I'm gonna find it. Probably because right now I'm, I'm recording and I should, you know, should have it memorized. Here's what the the baseline of the question was. Uh, I'm not gonna find it that much. It says, "Nope, it won't find. It won't be here. It's probably gonna, I'm gonna find it as soon as I hang up with you." Um, the question was, or the idea is, what would it look like? if you treated yourself like somebody you loved? Hmm. Are you asking me this question right now? Well, I don't know, I'm not really, not technically, kind of, I'm, I'm, <laughs> kind of sub, sub, I'm not really asking the question, I was just, it's a question just to ponder, right? Welcome to the Taking Out the Mask podcast. My name is Ashanti Branch, and I'm glad that you've joined us. Today's conversation is with Kiari. He's a high school senior. He was a member of the Social Emotional Leadership Academy that the Ever Forward Club put on this past summer during the COVID season when we weren't able to take our young people out on our outdoor adventure or um, a lot of deepening experiences this past year. Uh, he came along of this experience we tried to create uh, he was on the podcast team, the group of young men that were helping to kind of ignite the podcast that you are listening to today. Uh, it was an idea I've had for so long, and I brought these young men in. I said, look, I want you three to work on this team to help pull and bring this podcast to life. And I'm so thankful of what they help accomplish this summer. In this conversation, you're going to hear Kiari talk about growing up, um, situations with his father, both biological and other father figures in his life. 
uh, we have several things that resonate with my story and his story, even though we're so far away in age. Um, him approaching his senior year of high school, where life and the norm is very different. Uh, you're going to hear some really wise words coming out of this young man. One, one thing that he said that really stood out to me, I'm going to read it. He says, I'm trying to drive myself to awaken my higher self. I mean, you don't hear too many high school seniors talking about awakening their higher self, at least not the young men that that I work with on a regular basis. But I'm so powerful. It was so powerful to hear him say that. And I'm really excited for you to hear um, him in this conversation. Uh, As I look back and maybe while you are listening, you're going to be like, why didn't he ask this? Why didn't he ask this? I was dancing between a lot of questions I wanted to ask. And I wanted to... It's a it's an interesting dance of like asking a really deep question of that out out of my curiosity and asking a question out of the ability to go deeper into someone's life and there there was a little dance happening between myself and Kiari and I'm really thankful that at some points he was like can I say can I say something about this and I'm like absolutely and so I'm really glad that maybe it was a question I didn't ask but he wanted he may have wanted me to ask I don't know. But I was really thankful for him being a part of this conversation. I hope you enjoy it. If you want to make a mask, you can do that at www.100kmasks.com. And if you ever want to be a part of one of these conversations, please reach out to us on social media um, at Branch Speaks or at Everforward Club. Or you can go to our website, everforwardclub.org, and reach out to us that way. We look forward to you being a part of this movement. And thank you for listening. Welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. I'm really excited that I get to have this conversation with Kiari today. Um, welcome, Kiari. Welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. Hi, thank you for having me here. You know, Kiari was a part of our Social Emotional Leadership Academy this summer, and he was on the team who helped us to really kick off the um, the podcast. And so... Uh, this is his first time being in a conversation, whether it's a face-to-face or um, the conversation with me here. Uh, and today we get to have this conversation. So uh, what I want to do first is I know that you did not make a mask yet, which is actually perfect. So how about you find a piece of paper um, or a journal or something, or ideally a piece of paper. All right. And so what you do is just fold the paper in half, like take the piece of paper and fold it in half. Is it in a notebook or is it loose? It's in a notebook. I can just rip it out. Okay. So, so fold it in half. And Got for it. those of you that are um, listening, uh, we are going to do the mask activity. And so what you're going to do is uh, if you want to do this, you can go online and do it at www.100kmasks.com and create your own mask um, and share it with somebody like create your mask you can keep it anonymous um, and you can decide to share it with someone or not but Kiari and I are going to do that activity right now and so Kiari on the left side of the paper right front and on the right side I want you to write back now I'm trying to remember. I think the first time you and I did this activity, we were at uh, a, a, at 
in Alameda, I think when I first met you, did I, I think I had you and yeah. your cousin make a mask. Yeah. And then we talked about it. Right. Yep. Yeah. So that was several years ago, maybe two yep. years ago, almost. Right. So let's, we're going to do it again. So here's how it works on the left side where it says front. I want you to think of this as being the front of the mask. So I want you on that side, just draw a mask, like whatever you think a mask looks like. I want you to draw that. Um, and for the folks out there listening, we're not talking about necessarily a personal protection mask. I'm sure I got one right here. So we're not talking about like these masks that we wear for personal protection. Uh, we're talking about uh, a mask of emotional disconnection. But whatever you think of when you think of the image of a mask, I want you to draw that. Okay, so. Were you able to draw your mask? You still drawing? Yep. Okay, great. Got it. All right. So this mask is a representation of kind of like what we let the world see. The front of the mask are the things that we gladly let people see. And so what I want you to do is write three words that are qualities or characteristics of yourself that you gladly let the world see. So somewhere on that left side, three qualities or characteristics of yourself. Um, it can be a word or a phrase um, that you gladly let people see about you. So, right, let me do those. Now, uh, take a breath. So now we're going to go to the back. And the back is different than the front, right? The back is uh, the stuff that we normally don't let people see. The stuff we don't, sometimes don't talk about. So I want you to just find three that you feel comfortable talking about today. And three things that you normally don't talk about and you, or you normally don't let people see. I'll write those on the right side okay. of the paper, which is the back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, how you doing? Got it? Got it. All right. So yeah. here's what we normally do on this in this in this podcast is uh, first I usually have the the guests introduce themselves, tell us a little bit about themselves, and then after that, after that kind of conversation, if they you know, 
I may ask a little probing question to understand a little bit more. Then we share our masks and then you'll get to decide who goes first. Uh, but we get a chance to then have a conversation about the masks. So first step is to just tell us about you. Tell tell our tell the folks listening who you are, you know, tell us about yourself. Um, I so my name is Kiari Allen Infante. Um I'm now in the 12th grade, so I'm a senior. Uh I go to Alameda High School. Um I grew up in the Bay, you know, in a whole bunch of different cities. Oakland, currently in El Cerrito, lived in San Leandro, Alameda, pretty much everywhere, you know. Um, my mom grew up, <clears throat> I mean, I grew up with my mom, uh, you know, she, she pretty much raised me on her own until I was like, just until a few years ago, my father came into my life uh, when I was in like freshman year, I think. Um... And I've just been, you know, going, staying at his house like half the week. Then uh, I come over here, currently living with my grandfather and my um, mom. Because, you know, we're looking for like a place to stay, trying to get stable. And yeah. Right on. Well, thank you for starting off by sharing a story about your father. Um, mm -hmm. What can you, are you, are you able to speak about, I don't know if it's going to come up on the mask, but I do want to ask the question. Like, what was it like having your father come into your life when you were just in the ninth grade? Like, what was it like having him not there? And then all of a sudden, was it, was it, were you ready for it? Was it exciting? Was it nervous? Was it anger? What, 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 what came up for you when that happened? Uh, you know, I always say like my dad went, since he came into my life so much later, you know, it's not like I didn't like ever see him before. I saw him like once every other year or something, you know? But, like, even still, we'd only be at the park for a couple of hours just to play ball real quick. I was, like, once a year, once every two years, you know, something like that. Um, So when he came into my life, like, for real, for real, uh, you know, started being a responsible parent and whatnot, it really felt more like an older brother, you know. Um, And just, like, the type of person that my father is, he's, like, a really, like, bro type of dude, like, like he's um he as a person like he's always like acting younger than he actually is which is like cool because it makes me feel like I do have an older brother I my father figure was always like I want to say my grandpa has always been my father figure in my life so when my dad came into my life it didn't really change right. so yeah yeah, thank you for that. I wasn't like angry with them or nothing, but it was it was just all cool. It was all love. I was happy that he was there, you know. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. You know, I didn't grow up with a father, so when um a father finally came into my life when I was I was actually in I think seventh, sixth or seventh grade. Um, yeah, it was it was really it was a little jarring, you know, jarring in the sense that. Now there's somebody who was, and I, I don't know, did when he came into your life, did he live with you or did you just kind of, you visited him when, when there was time? Yeah, I visited him like, um, like just on the weekends, I think. Yeah. So when I, my mom got married, this man moved in. So then 
it was supposed to be this father. He wasn't my father, but he was supposed to be the father figure. Um, and he didn't really treat us like he did his own son. So it was, you could feel that there was like a person there who's supposed to have authority. According to my mom, you have to listen to him. You're supposed to, you're supposed to call him daddy. And I was like, he's not my daddy. That's your husband. Mm -hmm. That's a very big difference, you know? Yeah. And so this, this is also this relationship of like some older figure, but he wasn't even unfortunately like a big brother sometimes, you know, it was more like a, a tyrant, <laughs> a tyrant toddler mm -hmm. who then moved into your house and now has power over you. So that's what I, that's how I yeah. define it usually. Um, Could I add to that? Yeah, please. So like, um, yeah, I mean, pretty much the exact same thing happened to me, you know, before my father came into my life, my mom had um, been seeing this man uh, for quite some time, like actually not quite some time for like six months. And then, you know, we, we all moved in and he was also supposed to, you know, be my father figure. He did not treat me like he treated his own son. His son is like exactly a year younger than me, like yeah. 11 months and two weeks younger than me. And it was just so much like he, it was so obvious how he would like give his son more um, leeway than me constantly. And it was just, I mean, it wasn't really a fun time, you know, like he would be getting phones, Xboxes for Christmas, all that. I'd be getting like these $5 toys from Target, all that, you know, just a lot of favoritism there and stuff like that. And just with the treatment and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that, man. I feel you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, you know, and, and I think Thank I you. wonder, I wonder how many young men, as, as we see in, in society, if we look at data and statistics, there's so many young men who are growing up without their fathers. Some of you even have biological fathers who are around, you know, like we mm -hmm. hear stories all the time of people saying, oh, yeah, my dad was around, but we <laughs> we didn't hang out like that. Right. Or my dad mm -hmm. was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was he was at the house, but he never he wasn't emotionally present. Right. And I think so many young men, they, they call it uh, a father wound. Right. Like the yeah. wound that grows into men and, and boys wh where uh, a healthy relationship with a father would have eliminated that that wounding or feeling like loss or emptiness, you know. And I think that mm -hmm. in other generations, men were taught. We don't talk about feelings. We just suck it up. We just keep moving. And I think that is a new world today. And some men who were taught yeah. by the older generations that you don't talk about feelings, you don't show them, you don't acknowledge them. I think they're having a harder time uh, with this new generation where we're like, we need to talk about it. It's imperative yep. that we talk about it, right? I think our, you mm -hmm. know, if you know about our, our, our prison population, our prison population is mostly men. 94% of people that are in jail right now are men. Like 94%, like out of every 10 people in prison, Nine of them are men. Nine point four of them are men, right? So whatever that looks like, but that means that there's something going on with men, and we oftentimes don't uh, we don't acknowledge it, you know. And so I think that the work that we're that we did this summer, the work that we're trying to do in this program, the work that we're doing with these conversations is to help other young men know that you're not alone, right? Like mm -hmm. whatever you're going through, other people are going through similar stuff. We just have been good at putting these these masks up. So no one sees it. And in our minds, we think, wow, everyone else is so perfect. Everyone else has all their stuff together. And yeah. if, we're not, if we're not really conscious of it, we can believe that we're the only ones going through real hard stuff because all we know is our real stuff. 
And when we finally start breaking down these masks and the facade of like, everything's all good. I mean, when it's good, it's good. That's great. But what about when it's mm-hmm. not? Do I have somebody to go to and talk about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the other day when I when I, when I came and saw you, um, I said to you, uh, something look like something's going on. Like, I can and see it on your face. You look different. I can see it in your eyes. Yeah. That's I, what you said. Say it again. What did I say to you? You said that I look different and you could see it in my eyes. Yeah. It looked like you were just heavy. Like, you had a... You were just, it was a lot of heaviness on you. And so then you mm-hmm. said, remember what you said? Mm, I'm tired. <laughs> you, That's what I said. I you think. remember you said, you said, let's save it before I talk next week. You said, let's save it before um, I talk next week. And I said, okay, yeah. I'll be ready. Um, so maybe we'll come back to whatever that was going on. Maybe with the mask, it will share with some of that. And then if it doesn't come up, maybe we'll touch back to that at the end. Because I want to make okay. sure that. I think the sometimes the heaviness happens when we're we're doing our best job to keep a smile on and outside, and then we just all the burden just keeps weighing on us, and we're not we're not taking the load off. So we're walking around, we're like, why do I feel so heavy? Why do I feel like I'm barely moving? Like because we got all this weight of emotional overload on us that no one can see. <laughs> no, you yeah. can't even see it. You're like, look, I'm I look the same. Why why am I feeling like I'm I'm dragging? Well, it's all that emotional load that's just psychologically pulling you down, you know? And I think that's what that's why we're having this conversation. I think perfect timing that we got on a call. Um, and then when I saw you the other day, I knew that it was it was time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Are you ready to talk about the mask? Or what do you want to go next? What do you want to go next? Um, well, I like the area where we were uh, talking about um like, like, um, actually, not. Nah, I'm ready to go to the mask. I'm ready to go to the mask. Take a breath right yeah. there. Take a breath. Take a breath. Yeah, take a breath. Take a breath. There's a quote, um, I think by uh, Joseph Campbell, and it says, uh, the cave that you are afraid to enter has the treasure you seek. Mm. Right. And I think that's true for adventures in life. It's true for conversations. Right. Like you, you were about to go somewhere that your heart was calling you to. And then your head took over and your head was like, no, don't do that. Don't talk about that. Let's 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 bring that back. Let's like our head goes into protect mode of like our image. Right. Which is right. <laughs> which makes sense, right. And so what yeah. happens is the the dance between our heart trying to get some some support and healing and help and guidance and then our head is like no nah, we're 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 good we got this we you know what i'm saying like it's, yep. it's that battle right so what i saw happening um just by watching you and listening you were like you were going you were going and then something was like and eh, let's go back the other way <laughs> let's, let's oh we'll go we'll, we'll do that we'll do that later we'll do that later so my gut is to say i'm gonna follow your lead because ultimately uh you're the you're the guest and um, but I also want to make sure that, and even if that means that we have to turn the camera off and talk about it, that's mm-hmm. fine too. Like we 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 can't leave this time with you. Like the interview, the, this conversation is about us talking about these masks. But the deeper connection that I have with you has nothing to do with this podcast. It was way before the podcast began. It has nothing to do with these pieces of paper or these masks. 
It has to do with Thank you. you knowing that I'm here for you and that you don't have to do it alone. You know what I mean? Thank you. Yeah. And even though I, I, I'm usually the one who has to kind of put, put, tap you on the shoulder, I'll, I'll keep doing that. Cause that's, that's, I understand my, I understand how, what, what my work is around this, this topic. So where do you want to go next? Well, I mean, like when I was second guessing it, it wasn't like nothing too deep. I just wanted to think about like, uh, <laughs> um, it's just I kind of lost my train of thought too, and I didn't really feel like trying to chase it back. So, All right. good. I mean, I'm ready to go on to the um, to the masks. Maybe it'll come up later. Fantastic! It all happens how it's supposed to happen. I just want to I want to voice it just so you know how that I was noticing it. All right. I uh, yeah. All right. So with the mask, you want to go first, or you you the guest decides who goes first. Either you go first or I go first, and maybe you decide whether we go front. Then front or front back, and then front back. However you want to do it. Mm. I mean, I definitely want to start off with the front. I would say, um, as to who goes first, it, it, it don't matter to me. Uh, I, I could go first if you want me to. Okay, sure. Um, so on the front of my mask, should I show it or something? Yeah, just uh, maybe share all three, and then um, and then I'll and then you can talk about one of them that's you know that's really ringing out to you, and then I can share the front of mine, and then we can go from there. Oh wait, you can't even read it. <laughs> it's backwards. Never mind. Um, it shows up backwards on the screen. No, 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 no. You can hold it up. It'll, it'll no, it'll, it'll show okay. up right for me. It'll show up right for me. Yeah. So for the front of my mask, I put um optimistic, cause you know. Uh, I mean, I feel like most of the time, especially like around my friend, I mean, not even just around my friends at school, just, you know, period. I just always be super optimistic, especially at home and whatnot, because um, there's always I always feel like ever since I was little, there's been so much drama and negativity around me uh, at home, especially, you know, um, and I feel like I'm the type of person who's always tried to adapt around my environment and so i just learned to be optimistic you know yeah. and then uh i put funny and confident because that's just what i that's what i try to uh you know show the world awesome awesome um okay thank you thank you for that um and so here's mine i wrote uh let's see I wrote, let me see let me get the right angle Boom. All right. So funny, serious, and then I put determined, dedicated, I wrote dedicated. I was thinking about determined, but dedicated and hardworking. Normally I always just write hardworking. Um, and this something today was like ringing a word like dedicated, determined, you know, uh, mm -hmm. I think uh, funny and serious are those also the ones that are like, like try and keep it light. Right. But also like, really like intent on like getting stuff done and accomplished and like, you know, having to find the balance between that. Right. Sometimes yeah. one shows up more prevalent than others, but and then I'll try and make a joke to like lighten it up. Right. But it's, it's, a, it's all part of the things that I show and then dedicated hardworking, I think are, you know, since I've been little, right. I mean, I was responsible for others. I was taking care of my mm -hmm. siblings. I was like, I, at seven years old, I, I was on a, 
talked the other day. I showed this picture of me at seven when my little brother was just born. And I remember just like that, that responsibility that was like on my plate, like of like trying to be the man of the house when I didn't even know what that meant, you know? So um, I think it started really young and it and is carried through to even today, right? Even today, this idea of like helping and responsible for other people and um, and oftentimes I do that in, and I don't necessarily do that same attention to myself, right? Like I don't always pay attention to my own needs or whatever, because I'm so dedicated to building this organization and building this and helping these people. And like, and sometimes I get to the end of the line and I'm like, or the end of the day and I'm like, oh my goodness, I got so much stuff to do still. And I'm like, not done, you know? So like, I'm like, yeah. you know, so I think, it uh, it sometimes is a weird feeling that you know you you working so hard and then you're like I'm still not done like I'm still you know seeing gradual movements and gradual movement but I think yeah that that's that's what calls out to me on the front today I don't, I'm not sure I, don't, I usually don't talk about that too much but thank you thank you for saying so now so now we're gonna move to the back to yeah the back. okay. <sighs> see so for the back you know um i put uh because i don't show people my responsibilities i don't show people um i actually have a pretty depressing outlook on life to be honest um and also i don't show people how disappointed i am in myself all the time i'm i'm always finding reasons to to um look down on myself it's a problem. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, let, let me go. Uh, so I wrote in the back. I wrote a. Let's see, can you see it? Can you read it? Okay. Kind of. It's pretty bright, oh. but yeah, oh, I yeah. can kind of read oh, let me it. See. Okay. Uh, fear of failure. I, mean, I have messy handwriting too, so I probably should have written a little neater. Um, I wrote well now. <laughs> sadness about father's death and uh, my brother's mental health. Um, and yeah, I think that one that resonated for me, what you shared on the back was around this idea of like the disappointment, right? In my own self. Like I think the fear of failure is so the reason I think I work so hard is to try and like overcome this fear of like not achieving the goals I have for myself or that I've, that I've created for myself. Like, you know, when I was your age, you're, how old are you? I'm 17. Yeah. When I was 17, I, I had a plan. Like I was going to be rich by 45. Like I, I had a, mm -hmm. I had a map. I had mapped it out. I had written it out. Like, I go into engineering and then I buy my own company and then I sell my company and by 45, I'm getting my house in the hills. It's over. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I had, a, I had it all mapped out and That's the <laughs> that was the plan. Right. And then something in me was like, ah, Shanti, you should be a teacher. You should be a teacher. I'm like, I couldn't even turn the voice off. Cause it's, a, it's different when like somebody on the outside is telling you, Hey, you should do this. But when your own self, so I feel that also like, man, what if I had just stayed in engineering and just sucked it up and just like, like, even though I wasn't loving it, just did it anyway. You know, like mm -hmm. I, I could do it. It wasn't hard. I liked it, but it wasn't bringing me like, 
like happiness ever after what I thought a college education was going to bring. And mm -hmm. so like, sometimes I look back, you know, my friends were engineers who were making lots of money, right? <laughs> Buying multiple houses and properties. And, and I have to like get careful. That I don't get in this comparison mode because I will get into mm -hmm. a place where like, I'm really disappointed and uh, you know, and so thank you for sharing that piece, you know, and I, um, you know, this conversation not to give advice, but I just, I think the more you talk about it, the more you can find ways to work through it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know where that comes from? Do you know where those, those things that, that, that self-talk comes from that you, um, like my self-disappointment, like just, I would say it comes from um, either my the expectations of my family, and I just be like, like reflecting it. Like I be, I take my family's expectations, and a lot of the time, like I feel like I I should be setting my my goals up to align where they have their goals set up for me as well. And a lot of the time, I just like my true self just it, it just don't work like that so so i get disappointed that i'm not i'm not who my family wants me to be i'm not who my mom has been putting all this work into for me to become you know like i don't have like the best grades and stuff um i'm disappointed in myself for that i haven't made the best choices in high school over the last few years. I'm disappointed in myself for that as well. Just, you know, just a whole bunch of stuff. You know, um, sometimes our, our families and one of my experiences, I'll, I'll tell you a story. I'll tell this in a story. So I'm not trying to give advice. I want to, uh, there's a story of these, um, these scientists that had, uh, was was doing some experiments with uh, this these group of primates, you know these these monkeys in a cage, and they tied these bananas at the top of the cage, and they were like they put a ladder in the middle, like a big step step ladder, and uh, they just waited, and the monkeys were like, and hey, they got food up there, like what's up? So the, the monkeys start going up to the get the bananas, and they throw ice cold water on them. And they're like, wow. they, you know, they scream and they run back down to the bottom and they're like, what just happened? Like, okay, we see the food there. We got a ladder to get to them. Why are we not getting to them? And they try it again. Boom. They, they get, every time they go to the top, they get doused <laughs> with cold, ice cold water, right? Now, at one yeah. point, they all stop trying. They all stop trying. They all like hit, they say, you know what? I don't want, that's too painful. I mean, it's ice cold water. They're not hurt, but they're uncomfortable. Like, I'm not going for it. Yeah. So they end up taking one of the monkeys out of the cage. They put a new monkey in the cage who's never experienced the ice cold water. And this monkey's looking at the rest of them are like, what's wrong with y'all? Like, why y'all, why y'all tripping? Like, don't y'all see that food up there? Mm -hmm. So he goes, he's like, well, I'm going to leave y'all here. Cause, and so he goes up to try and get it. And the other monkeys, they grab him and they fight him and they bite him and they beat him up so that he does not go to the top because why do you think they're trying to beat him up? So that uh, he don't get hurt? <laughs> so he don't get the bananas? I don't know. So that he doesn't get hurt or so he doesn't get the bananas or something? 
Well, what happens when they go to the top? What happened when they went to the they top? They get doused in water. And so what are they trying to protect him from? Getting doused in water. Yeah, because they all wanted them. They all wanted the bananas at some point, mm-hmm. but they didn't want the pain. And so what they end up doing is they end up pulling every monkey out that had been hit with cold water and put a new monkey in who had never experienced cold water. But because of the societal pressure, none of them went after the bananas. Wow. Even though none of them had ever experienced cold water. And I imagine most of them were like, why are we? Maybe one of them was brave enough to be like, why are we? But they know that they're going to have to deal with the fighting of the people around them that says, don't go after your goals. Don't go after that dream. Don't go after. It's hard. The water was not going to kill them. The water was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. If they could have handled the cold water, they could have still got the bananas. No problem. But because mm-hmm. of discomfort happens, and I think that sometimes that happens in families, right? They try and protect their children, others from experiencing discomfort. And they, they pull you back from things that you think are for you because it wasn't for them, that they couldn't withstand the, mm. the, the battle. And I'm not saying that's true for you. I'm just saying that's a story of what I experience in life and what I see around. So sometimes families are, no, you should be doing that. You shouldn't be a dancer. You should be a scientist. You shouldn't be a rapper. You should be a writer. Like, 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 like the idea of what they tell you and what they do Sometimes is to protect you from some of the discomfort that they had and maybe going after what really brings you joy and what bring, comes you alive, you know? Yeah. Thank you for that story. It was a good story. Yeah. Are right now most of the pressures you feel? So the, a lot of the stuff you said was things that your family expects from you. Are you feeling that a lot of that pressure? Like you're not happy with yourself, not because of your own personal stuff, but because of what people are telling you? It's a mix of both. Um, I feel like, like, it used to be my family, like my family's expectations. That's what used to be making me feel disappointed in myself and whatnot. And now they've kind of laid back on that, but like, it's I still feel their their expectations, you know. And even though they've like. I mean, like, you know, if, if I mess up, they be telling me you're responsible, you know, you're, you're responsible, you know? So now it's just, now it's just myself, right? Bringing myself down. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So how do you feel about that? Mm. How do you feel about bringing yourself down? I feel like sometimes I use it to my advantage as motivation, but that's like so rare. And other times I just, it just, I mean, it makes me feel sad, you know, I'd be, um, I feel like I know I could have, I, I could have uh, made different choices and I could have done better. What hmm, I heard this poem. Uh, let, let me see. I, I was I was cleaning up cleaning off some of my desk today because I have a goal to clear my desk today. But I found a I found a question actually that um, I want to read to you because it's actually really connected to this. Uh, that I'm I, this is a notebook of a bunch of like notes and questions and things I wrote all over the place. And one of them, uh, it was pretty powerful, and it's around this 
uh, I don't remember. I don't even know if I'm gonna find it probably because right now I'm, I'm recording and I should, you know, should have it memorized. Here's what the the baseline of the question was. I'm not gonna find it that much. It says, nope, it won't find. It won't be here. It's probably gonna, I'm gonna find it as soon as I hang up with you. Um, the question was, or the idea is, what would it look like? If you treated yourself like somebody you loved, are you asking me this question right now? I don't know. I'm not really not technically kind of I'm, I'm not, <laughs> kind of so, so I'm not really asking the question. I was just it's a question just to ponder, right? Yeah. What would it look like? Right, because if you if you're if, if if you don't feel good about it, right, and maybe you're okay with it, but I think uh, this idea of like, what would it what would it, what would it be like if you were like, Adam Roa is the name of the poet. That's his name. He says, in his one of his poems, he talks about that. He says, what if you treated yourself like someone you loved? Would you ever talk about somebody you loved like that? Would you ever? Because because sometimes we just subconsciously don't even the the negative self-talk. Les Brown said 97% of self-talk is negative. The things we say about ourselves, the messages we say about ourselves, they're usually negative self-talk. And when we hear people talking positive about themselves, sometimes it's almost seen as a negative thing. You can be bragging. You can't be talking positive about yourself. Oh, you're arrogant. You got a big ego. And we're like, because we most of the people, I know I was taught, you can't be talking positive about yourself. You can't be bragging. And so therefore, some people begin to like, I know I do, <laughs> I begin to like try and downplay what I think is really special about me because I don't want to make others feel uncomfortable, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think I think there's that quote um, that says, like, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure, right? Mm. It's our light. It's a light that shines so bright, but why do we dim our light around other people so they don't feel uncomfortable around us, right? Like, it, whatever's in you is meant to shine. And I think, uh, I don't know, that really resonates with me, brother. I just want to, you know, I encourage you to to find that other voice, the other voice that won't let you do that to yourself. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe this one standing out to me. I, I feel like um, lately I've been, I've been really on that track to be honest like you know i spent a lot of time um on youtube just like listening and learning and stuff from uh other educated people you know um most of the time it's stuff that's like positive like pretty much all the time is stuff that's positive and like you know trying to drive myself to um awaken to my higher self and whatnot you know so I feel like I've been doing a good job with that recently. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> good. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you. What, what else do you want to talk about? What else do you want? Is there anything else on the mask you want to talk about or any, any other topic that you want to talk about? Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for letting me uh, connect with you around that topic. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I resonate with it. So you're not alone. Thank you. Yeah. What um, else do you want to talk about? Let's see. I mean, <sighs> snap. 
let me let me take a look back at this mask. Let's see the back side of the mask. Um, uh, I I, I guess I want to talk about like uh, responsibilities because I know you can relate to that. You know, um, I've told you before how I had to. I'm always taking care of my um, younger brother. Always gotta watch him so that my mom could either go to work so that we have money for rent and food and all that stuff. Um, <sighs> lately, that's been chilling back because, because um, you know, I got this school, so like I can't really like always be watching him. But um, I would I would say like that's just been a big part of my of my last few years. Ever since my brother's been here, you know, um, man, well, when my brother was first born, right, uh, we, as in my mom, my little brother, me, my little brother's father, and my little brother's other older brother, um, we all lived together in the house, and then, uh, and then we split up, because, um, it just wasn't really working out. And uh, my brother's father's side of the family, they moved um, they moved over to Atlanta. So they just dipped out. And then I think eventually, like, there was, like, some working out with the courts about, like, how my um, brother has to switch in between houses. And that's, that's just, that, that itself has just been so much drama and extra added stress in this household. And um, when it comes to drama and stress in this household, it, it always seems like either they, they taking out their anger on me or they, um, or they always gotta like, like, you know, I'm always here to listen to my family. I try to like help them out. Cause I feel like I myself, I'm pretty emotionally intelligent. I'm really good at controlling my emotions, I would say. Um, I don't really get angry like that, like, hardly ever. And if I do get angry, it's it's not really going to, like, like, do much. I'll just, like, think, like, damn, that sucks, you know? Like, what can you do about that? Because it's, it's all in the past and whatnot. But, like, I mean, yeah, I would, I would just... I don't really know where I'm going with this, but I'm just saying like I got a lot of a lot of people's um stress always just like around me, it feels like. And that that just sucks. Yeah. Do you do you feel ever worried that you don't show anger? Nah. No. I feel like so, so nah. Like, do you ever feel anger? I mean, I get angry, but like, my anger like always seems to leave after a few seconds or something. You know, there's only a couple things that I'd ever actually. There's only one thing I could think of that I've ever stayed like angry about, but I don't really want to uh, talk about that right now. That, that's something for like off camera. Okay, great. Thank you for that. Yeah. I mean, I wonder that, and then that's great. I mean, that's great. You have a very even, you know, you said I can kind of balance my emotions in good ways, and that's really good. 
I guess the question would be, my question to you is, do you, do you, do, do you have emotions or do you just suppress them? Right? Like, do I? I have emotions. Yeah. I, no, I don't mean. That. <laughs> That's not, the right not do you? Yes, I, I, I'm totally aware that you have. <laughs> I guess my question is, uh, <laughs> um, do you? Sub, is it that you don't ever feel anger, or that you've been tra- anger has been trained out of you? Meaning. Like when you were younger, you would get angry and you knew that that would create that kind of result. So you said, I don't, crazy. I'm never going to show. No, nah, it's a crazy thing. Actually, I, I never got angry when I was younger. Like even as a baby, I was the quietest child. Like I didn't really complain or like crying fuss like that, you know? Um, I want to say I didn't actually like really start getting angry until like middle school or a little bit after that maybe like i've always just been so mellow i feel like i've been trying to teach myself to get angry if anything um i've always just had this lack of of like i've always had a lack of emotions for sure um when I was younger, like I, I didn't really feel like I was living life. I feel like I was looking at life, if that makes any sense. Like I was always just there observing. I never, I never like got like emotion. Like I never invested emotionally into like anything, like at all. Like I don't know. <laughs> It doesn't really, I don't know if that makes sense, but like, I never would really like get angry for some reason. I don't know why. It wasn't until like a few years ago that I really like started to have my own way of feeling about things. I would always just like look at stuff and be like, that's that. Mm. And maybe and maybe we're using anger as just one word, but what about any of the other ones? Fear, sadness, like Fear. like were those were <laughs> I, those ones you were able to show? I feel like I was um I feel like like I was able to like show fear like any other like younger child. You know, like I get scared at like normal stuff. But then like when it was like real heavy stuff and all that, I just like couldn't bring myself to care. That's what I, that's what it is. I can never, I've always had this lack of caring and that's, that goes into my, um, into the disappointment of myself because I just never cared enough to be doing specific things that I should have been doing. Like even with like simple stuff like classwork or homework and stuff, like I just couldn't bring myself to care. I was just like, why would I, I just don't want to do this. Like it don't make no sense. So. I just wouldn't care about anything. I always, uh, I had to get a therapist because, <clears throat> because um, in fifth grade I had to get a therapist because like they thought there was something, uh, going on with me or something like that. Like, I just always had that lack of emotion. Mm. Did did anything come out of that? Was there any conversations out of that that? Man, no. I mean, like, my therapist was just became like another friend of mine. To be honest, like, when I when I would go there, she'd be like, "You want to talk about anything?" 
I'd always say no. And then my mom had to start coming in to try to get me to open up and talk about stuff. I'd always say no. And we would just like sit there and play board games for 45 minutes or something, you know? Mm. Yeah. Man, thank you for sharing that, brother. Thank you for sharing that. You know, I think that those are, you know, I mean, you get to look back and see this journey, right? Mm -hmm. Do you now know that you care more about things than you did back then? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think now that you're a senior, you're in this like a lot of reflection is happening, right? Like, oh man, maybe I should have, maybe I should have cared more back then, right? <laughs> and I wonder sometimes, I'm sure people were on along the way were like, hey man, you better step it up. Like, come on, you better step it up. You're going to make your senior year really hard on yourself. And you're like, I got it. This is whatever. Yeah. Right. And now your senior year, you're like, oh, I guess they were right. Maybe they were kind of right. Maybe, maybe I should have listened to all those old people who were, who thought they knew stuff, you know, mm -hmm. but you know, it's part of the journey, right? You got your, and now when you get older and you have a family and nieces and nephews that you get to mentor, you'd be like, let me tell you what I did. I did this, yeah, and maybe you don't want to necessarily go down that road, right? And I think it, it always have those situations where we can either learn from others' mistakes, or we at least sometimes get a chance to learn from our own, you know? Yeah, yeah. Right on, man. Right on. Well, you know, I I'm really thankful that you made time to come on our on a, the podcast today. Um, I imagine this is. Um, you know, you and I have had a couple of conversations over the last several months, but I think uh, uh, thank you for being willing to share some of your story. And I think you are going to help inspire other young men to also like take a load off and not do it alone. Right. So I, I hope so. I believe so. And maybe, you know, some friends, maybe, you know, somebody who you want to bring on here and do a face to face with them. Mm. Maybe like you and that person make a mask and then talk about your masks it's not an interview, but it's a conversation to just break, take the take the facade down a little bit, take the mask off a little bit. For sure. So if you think of anybody, let let us know, and uh, we'll set you up so that I won't be there. It'll just be you and that person, and you all make a mask, and then you talk about it, and then you're done. Maybe like twenty minutes. But I think that I believe that your ability to like recognize a journey that you've come through could help others find a way to recognize their own journeys. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I Thank definitely have somebody in mind for that. So, yeah. Awesome. Just reach out to me whenever that is. Now, are you, you said you're on YouTube. Does that mean that you have a channel or that means that you are just, you're consuming? Um, Both actually, you know, I told you, like, so, I've been trying to do like gaming and uploading that on YouTube. And, um, but when I was talking about earlier, I was talking about like, I just like to watch YouTube and just, learn from the people on there it's like there's a lot of like really smart like wise woke young men out there that i just be watching all the time like mm. people like my age are like a year older than me and they just have like like you know they haven't wasted their time on social media they haven't wasted their time on like um video games and like uh, all that stuff you know they just like they put all their time towards learning and growing as a person. And it's just like, they have all this knowledge to share. And that's knowledge that I use. Mm. 
Well, maybe you can invite one of them to be on the show with you. That would be crazy. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Just do it. Just do it. Take it, take it as an opportunity to reach out to one of them and invite them to be on a face-to-face with you. And uh, Or if they want to be able to have a face-to-face with all three of us. But I think since you are a person who listens to their stuff and there's an opportunity to get to know them a little bit deeper. Okay. Yeah? Yeah, I'll try all that. Right. Well, do you have a channel? Do you want to tell folks about what what what's your channel, or that you want people to follow you? Or, <laughs> nah. No, no, nah, you're still keeping okay. it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially if it's not appropriate. We don't want to be promoting no inappropriate stuff on this channel here. Yeah, I mean, like so, it's uh, not like inappropriate stuff, but like I mean, like there's customers <laughs> and whatnot. You know, it's not like too inappropriate. Oh, you know, but like I mean, I, yeah, I just I just don't want people like being on my channel unless like. They found it themselves because they want to watch that type of content. You know, that's just how it is for me. Hey, that's, that's fair. Hey, that's fair. That's fair. I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it there. Thank you. So, <laughs> well, man, thank you so much. Is there any last last sentence you want to say to young people out there, 17-year-olds, high school seniors? Is there a, a message, a quote something you want to leave them with as we mm. uh, close out our time together uh, i guess i want to say um you know work on yourself as a person become the best version of yourself that you that you can become you know you plan your you plan your path so plan it well mm. famous last words by this famous young brother words yeah. We are thankful to have you on the show, Kiari. We appreciate you. Thank you for having me. And, uh, we got our new shirts in, so uh, I'm gonna have to get you one in the mail. We got this was uh, the one you got at the end of the internship. Mm-hmm. We got our new shirts in right now. I don't have one near my desk, but we'll get one in the mail to you, and uh, you can uh, you can check it out when you get a chance. All right. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you, folks. If you want to make a mask, you can go to 100kmasks.com and create your own mask. Invite a friend to make a mask with you. Share it. Have those conversations. We look forward to you being a part of this movement, the Million Mask Movement. You can find us on social media at Ever Forward Club and you can find me at Branch Speaks. Look forward to speaking with you again soon. If what you heard today you enjoyed, if you've listened to this and you found something inspiring, please like and subscribe to this podcast. That's the best way for someone to uh, find this podcast, maybe like you did. Um, please tell someone about it. If you know, listen to some of our previous episodes, and if one of them rings out to you, please share it with somebody you know. Uh, we also invite people to join us in a face-to-face where they come together with another person to make a mask and talk about that mask together. There's short conversations, about 20, 30 minutes. So if that's something that's interesting to you, please uh, send us a message, send us in the comments below, let us know that you're interested in that. And we look forward to you joining the movement of the Million Mask Movement. And check out our new shirt. I don't know how you can can see it, but this is our new shirt, the Million Mask Movement. And so uh, we'll have these soon available, uh, but we look forward to you being a part of the movement and supporting our work. Uh, Please consider supporting the work that we do in Ever Forward and in the work that we do in the Million Mask Movement.
to let people around the world realize that they're not alone. Thank you.